Well, hello, teachers, and welcome to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. My name is Caitlin Mitchell, and I am your host. And I want to give you guys just a little bit of an update on what we've currently been doing at EB Academics. Jessica and I are currently on session three of our in-person professional development with a middle school team of teachers in the Bay Area. And the last few weeks, we've really just been teaching them all about our literary analysis writing framework called evidence-based writing, which if you've listened to the past couple of episodes, you know kind of what we've been doing and how we've been working with them. Um, And it's really cool to see them implementing all of the strategies that we're sharing with you on the podcast, seeing their successes in person because, you know, we can't reach out to you guys and, and see how it's going in your classroom. So it's fun to see it with them in person. But if you do want to send us an email, we would love to hear how things are going for you in your classroom. So you can always email us, Caitlin and Jessica at ebacademics.com and let us know that if you've taken one of these strategies and used it in your classroom, just send us an email. Let us know how it's going. We would love to hear from you. That would be so awesome. Um, So I want to give you kind of just a little bit of information on what some of the teachers have been doing with our in-person PD, just to give you some feed, uh, kind of some feedback from them and how it's been working for them etc. So one of the fifth grade teachers has actually already created her essential question for fish in a tree. And she's taken all of the advice from episode 35, which is about giving students the essential question before you even start reading your unit together. And so she's really avoiding that common mistake that we talk about of how, you know, we always give them the essay question after they finish reading a novel. Well, she's doing the opposite of that. So she's really taking that advice to heart. And she has her students, you know, working through the text already with their evidence tracker. And it's just really neat to see it working well with her kids. And the one, one of the sixth grade teachers is teaching the Westing game right now with his students. And he's actually using our Westing game unit that we have um, in our Teachers Pay Teacher store. And we have a whole blog post about it too. If you go to the site, you can kind of search for that. Um, and it's really cool because he's also using the evidence tracker with his students. He's given them the essential question in advance as well. Um, and so it's cool to see that they're really all applying a lot of the strategies that we've taught them already. So they are like taking it and putting it into action. And that's what we just love to see is it happening right away. Because it's great when we hear about it, we listen to it and we're like, yeah, I'll do that. But then we don't take action, right? We want to take action. We want to move forward and we want to actually implement the things that we've learned. Um, And one other thing that I want to say is one of the history teachers has been in all of our trainings. So even though it's ELA literary analysis specific, the history teacher, we've really kind of differentiated for her and helping her apply it to her informational text in her social studies class. So she's using the same exact evidence-based writing framework as the other teachers at the school in her history class. So students are seeing how this type of writing is extremely cross-curricular and applicable to all of their subjects. So that's really cool for kids to see as well, that it's not just, you know, for literature class. It's for all different types of writing. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to give you guys an update on what we've been doing because you kind of have been along for the journey with us. Um, So if you are interested in learning more about our writing framework, I've been doing a bunch of Facebook Lives recently about our writing framework, and I'll be doing more. Um, And then we're also... Uh, opening enrollment for our online professional development course called Writing Instruction, A Proven Approach on December 29th. So put your name on the the wait list for that. If you go to ebacademics.com forward slash writing wait list, you'll get like a free video training series um, when you sign up and you'll also be put on the wait list. And we will be letting our wait list 
know in advance of December 29th so you kind of get like a little early bird special and we have a fun little thing coming down the pipeline just for people who are on the wait list. So if you are interested in learning more about this and becoming a part of our EB teacher family um, and enrolling in our online PD course, mark your calendar is December 29th and get on the wait list, ebacademics.com forward slash writing wait list. Okay, back to today's topic. We are going to talk about why student writing sometimes sucks and what you can do about it. And pardon my language for saying that, but it's true. We all feel that way. So let's call it out. Let's talk about it. And then let's talk about what we can do about it. So this topic really piggybacks on last week's episode. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, episode number 35, I want you to pause this episode, go back, listen to that one first, and then come back here where we will be talking all about bad writing and exactly what we can do about it. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast, where it's all things reading and writing all the time. Game-changing lessons and fresh ideas, along with a dose of inspiration, are shared to help make your teaching life just a bit easier. And now your host, from the blog EB Academics, Caitlin Mitchell. All right, so before we get started on what we're going to talk about, I want to ask you a question, and I want you to be completely honest with yourself and with me, okay? How often have students turned in an essay after reading a novel or at the end of a unit, and as you're grading them, you're saying to yourself or thinking to yourself, what the heck am I reading? Did they learn anything that I taught them? Has it sunk in? Like, I don't get it. Why is their writing like this? Maybe, you know, there's no mention of what text the students are writing about. Maybe they have quotes just dropped into the middle of their paragraphs. They have no introduction. There's no justification. And you might even be reading sentences like, I think this quote is good because, or thank you so much for reading my essay. And we do not want that. And we think to ourselves, why? I've taught you everything. Why? Does that sound familiar? Have you ever felt that way? Because I certainly have. And what happens is they're writing is all over the place, right? And the grading therefore takes you way longer than it should because each paper goes off on a different tangent and you're trying to match the criteria on your rubric to whatever each student wrote wrote about, right? And basically, you know, for lack of a better term, the writing kind of sucks, okay? I know, and I know that sounds harsh and while it may not actually be like the worst writing you've ever read in your entire life, It certainly isn't making us pat ourselves on the back and think like we are amazing writing teachers, but we all want to be. We all want to be amazing writing teachers, right? That's why you're sitting here listening to this podcast episode is because you want to be the best that you possibly can be, which you deserve a pat on the back for that in and of itself, because not many people can say that for themselves, that they are investing in themselves, right? In their skills and their strengths as a teacher. So good for you because we all really want to be right at the heart of it. That teacher, that writing teacher that their kids come back to and say, thank you so much. Mrs. Mitchell High School is so much easier for me because you taught me how to write well. Gosh, right? That's what we all want. We all want to have that profound impact on our students and that we know that what we're teaching them is making a difference for them in their lives. And so I want to talk about this another specific mistake. And if you listen to episode 35 last week, you know we talked about one of those mistakes already. But another mistake that we see struggling teachers make time and time again that results in this what the heck feeling that we have when we're reading students' essays, the answer to that is very simple. 
whatever that mistake is. And I'm going to tell you that mistake in just a second. But I think it's one that we don't think about often enough as teachers. Okay, this mistake that I'm going to talk about. And so the answer is that we aren't giving students a sample essay that we write. We are not giving students a sample essay that we write beforehand for them to critique before they write their own essay. And that warrants repeating because repetition is the mother of skill, right? So a mistake that many struggling teachers are making that results in poor student writing is not giving them a sample essay to critique that we've written beforehand for them to critique before they write their own. Like that is key. So I want to ask you, honestly, are you mad at me for saying that? Does that give you a little bit of indigestion? Like you don't want to have to do that. Have I struck a nerve with you? Right. Maybe you're pausing and thinking, uh, how is that going to help my students write better? Or Kaylin, I don't have time for that, which I totally get both, both of those things 100%. And before I go on, and before you hit pause and you know exit this episode altogether because I just gave you indigestion and just made you upset, I want you to think about that if that is your reaction to what I just said, why is that your reaction? I want you to think about like what is causing you to have that reaction? Are you thinking, I don't have time for that and so I don't want to listen to this. And so I want you to stop right there because that thought you're having is what I call a limiting belief that you believe that you don't have time for this, but I guarantee you that you probably do. And after the end of this episode, you'll actually see why doing this is gonna save you more time in the long run. So question that limiting belief, take a deep breath, let that limiting belief go before we move on and we talk about what we can do about this mistake and why it's so beneficial to actually give our students a pre-written essay before they write their own. Okay, so take a deep breath, stay with me, let go of those mental blocks, those barriers, those limiting beliefs that you might have about this right now. Okay, are you ready to break it down? Are you good? Did you take that deep breath? I hope so. Okay, so if you've listened to episode 35, you are now at the point as a writing teacher that you have given your students their essay question before you've even read the novel or text together. Okay, and if you haven't listened to that episode, Go back, listen to all about why you should do this. Give them the essay question beforehand. And now you're at the point where you've read the story with your students, okay? You've searched for evidence with your evidence tracker because they had the question beforehand and your students are now ready to write their final literary analysis essay for you or what we like to call their response to literature. And that's all good, right? Students have strong quotes. They have got justification. But now we need to talk about how are they going to put it all together in a focused essay with a clear introduction, strong body paragraphs, and just a killer conclusion. How are they going to do that? And remember that you don't want to be reading essays that are all over the place and that are a nightmare to grade. You don't want to be doing that. So how can we avoid doing this? So that's where this idea comes in. So just before students sit down to write a response to literature, I want you to give them the sample that you've written. And I usually like to do this a couple days before they write their in-class essay. So when you give them the essay that you've written to like, you know, the top, top of your ability, even if you're not a good essay writer, you are still able to give them their um, the framework. You're still able to give them a strong sample to model theirs after. Okay, so you've given them that. And then I want you to have them read it at least two times. And they're going to label 
all of the various elements of a literary analysis essay. And I'm talking things like the tag, the claim, all of the other criteria that you've included for the body paragraphs that they need to have. And you can even go further, have them label the transitions, have them find the dynamic vocabulary that you've used, the way that you've introduced your evidence, everything that makes your writing strong. Have them go through all of that and label everything. And now I want you to have them keep the sample in front of them as they write their own essay so that they can easily model the format that you've used so effectively. It's very, very helpful for our kids when they're first learning these skills, when they're first starting out, to have a sample for them. Otherwise, they don't really have a clear idea of what it's supposed to look like in the end, right? And when you start to do this, you are going to notice some amazing things. You will start to see that their writing is more focused. You will start to see that there's a better flow to the writing. There's more organization to their writing. You will even see stronger vocabulary and transition words because they are modeling after what you have written and so many other positive things, okay? And now before you say, well, I'm not a good writer, I first want to question that and say, is that a limiting belief that you have about yourself and where does that come from? And if you really do feel that way, see if you have a team, you know, a team of teachers at your school where maybe you all can write that sample response to literature together as a team. Or if you don't teach with a team, see if, you know, you can collaborate with someone in a Facebook group. If you're one of our members, you can collaborate with us. Um, So just just think about that. And if you are saying that sitting there thinking to yourself, well, I'm not a good writer, challenge that belief. Where does that belief come from? Okay, so we're challenging a lot of beliefs here and we're trying to grow and and get better at everything that we do and the way that we see ourselves and the way that we love ourselves, because that is so, so important. Okay, again, another tangent. I apologize. Um, Okay, so you're going to see better writing all all around, all across the board. All right. But another incredible bonus that you are going to see when you use this approach is that it's going to result in much easier grading for you and a lot less time spent grading for you as well, because you're not going to be saying, well, what the heck or why is this in there? Students have a very clear model and a very clear roadmap from what you've written and what you've shared with them and what they've studied before they've even sat down to write their own. And what's even better is that the time that you spent writing this one sample essay has now become a lesson that you can plan into your schedule every single year as students work to analyze how essays are formatted. And like I said, that extra special bonus for us as teachers is that writing this sample essay has saved us hours of grading on the back end because they know exactly what it's supposed to look like. It makes grading so much easier for us. So we're spending way less time grading a little bit more time on the front end writing this, and it's just a much better bang for your buck in terms of where you're spending your time and how you're really helping your students become stronger writers. And what's really cool too is that giving them this sample essay essay has allowed you to set the standards and the expectations at a very high level for your kids. And I promise you that when we set that bar high for our students, they are going to rise to the occasion because they know that you believe that they can do what you've shown them as possible. And that's really cool. That's what we're there to show our students is what is possible for them. So just like we know that giving students a rubric before they write their essay is extremely effective because, again, they know what the expectations are, giving them a sample response to literature is also a must do. This absolutely should become a part of your practice for every single essay that you assign your students. So I want you to challenge 
any limiting beliefs that you have about not wanting to do this on the front end. I want you to challenge any limiting beliefs that you have about not being a good writer yourself because doing this is going to have a profound effect on the back end and for your students. And if you do all of this with each unit that you teach with your students, I promise you that your students' essays will be transformed and you are going to be one happy teacher because you have way less time that you're you are spending way less time grading those essays, okay? All right, that was a little intense. Sorry. I get excited talking about essay writing every single time. (laughs) So before we sign off for the day, I want to invite you to join us inside of our mini video training that we've put together for you to help your students write stronger analysis and justification. So it's a free video training that we've put together for you. Um, And we know that this is something that you have been asking for help with, right? We surveyed all a bunch of our teachers. We had hundreds of responses and the majority of teachers kept saying the same thing over and over and over again. You need help with getting your students to analyze, to justify, to connect back to the um, to the claim, to answering the prompt, etc. So we put this whole mini training together for you. It's called Juggling the Art of Justification, and it is going to help take your students' analysis from essentially non-existent or very minimal to extremely strong and extremely focused. So the free training is all accessible, ready for you to go right now. All you have to do is sign up. You can go to ebacademics.com forward slash juggling justification to sign up, enroll. You get like a little password. It's this whole cool um, training portal essentially that we put together for you. So again, it's ebacademics.com forward slash juggling justification. And now I also want to ask you a favor. If you are enjoying listening to the Teaching Middle School ALA podcast, which I hope you are because I love recording these episodes every single week for you, it would mean so much to us if you would take a moment to one, hit subscribe and two, go that extra step and leave us a review. It helps us reach other middle school ELA teachers just like you when you leave us a review. So it's really helpful for helping others when you leave a review for us. And plus, I love reading them. It means the world to me hearing from you guys. So if you've been listening for a while and you just haven't taken a moment to do that, please do that right now. It would mean so, so much to us. And then go grab that free training ebacademiccamps.com forward slash juggling justification. All right, that is it for this week's podcast episode and I will see you guys next Tuesday on the podcast. Have a great week, you guys.